Welcome to this podcast by the National Institute of Economic and Social Research, NISA. I'm Paola Bonadonna. Today, we've published the third of a series of pre-election briefings, looking at the issue of infrastructure investment, and I'm joined by one of the authors, Amit Kara, who is the head of UK macroeconomic forecasting here in NISA. So, Amit, what's the basic thrust of your briefing? Well, infrastructure is vital for economic growth in the UK. Indeed, not just for economic growth, but for our living standards. Now, what we find is that uh, UK lags behind its competitors in terms of the quality of the infrastructure investment that we have here, but also that the government has just not been investing enough. Now, if we compare ourselves to some of our major competitors, say, uh, like France or Germany, uh, indeed Japan even, investment spending as a percentage of GDP or as a proportion of GDP is lower in the UK. So we need to be more involved, more engaged. And in in our view, there is both a role for the government and the private sector. The government should act as a builder of infrastructure. It should also act as a facilitator to facilitate the role of the private sector here and also as a financer. Now, spending on infrastructure projects can be huge. And I guess the question is, how do we know for sure that those projects have any effect on GDP? Well, the economic literature does not establish a compelling case for GDP growth based on infrastructure spending. The evidence is mixed. But in our view, there are some very sound reasons for that. I mean, to begin with, I think some of the data that is available is not very good, certainly not internationally comparable data. Second is, we all know that infrastructure projects are often plagued by cost overruns, time overruns, etc., etc. And they're also, more often than not, or certainly, certainly sometimes you have a lot of political calculations or, or reasons for infrastructure projects and the design of these projects. So all these limitations in these studies, I think, act to dilute that link between infrastructure and GDP growth. But in our view, there is a very strong link between infrastructure assets and GDP growth and future living standards. I think we could answer this question a different way by just asking the counterfactual. What if we were living in a society or an economy that did not have some of the basic infrastructure, such as, say, sanitation, power, roads? Surely our living standards would be much poorer. As you just reminded us, infrastructure projects, um, particularly in the UK, uh, have been plagued with delays and all sorts of cost overruns. What can be done to protect the taxpayer in future? Yes, absolutely. These things have happened because of myopic thinking and political considerations. And all of these factors have made it very costly for the taxpayer. Now, one way to address this is to create, in our view, a non-partisan body, one that can look through political cycles and identify and prioritize the long-term infrastructure needs of the country. Uh, The government has made progress in this area by creating the National Infrastructure Commission. Uh, I think that is a huge step forward, uh, but in our view, more can be done. In particular, what we have in mind is for the government to give this body statutory powers, and with these powers, we believe that the National Infrastructure Commission 
will be able to drive the infrastructure agenda in the UK more fully. And finally, Amit, what would your advice be for the next Chancellor as far as infrastructure spending is concerned? So the current government has pledged to spend something like 1% to 1.2% of GDP on infrastructure spending over 30 years from 2020. When we look at the manifestos of the Liberal Democrats and the Labour Party, we also find a commitment of a similar magnitude, somewhere between 20 and 25 billion pounds each year. Now, in our view, that is a good, sound, solid commitment to infrastructure. But there are tweaks, we believe, in the fiscal rules uh, that might be helpful to ensure that infrastructure spending and indeed investment spending in the economy is sustained over a long period of time, particularly through an economic cycle. So the current government's uh, fiscal remit specifies that the budget, need, the entire, the total budget, needs to balance over a period of time. Now that total balance includes current spending, which is the day-to-day -day spending of the government, and also investment spending, which in includes infrastructure. Now typically, in an economic downturn, chancellors are hugely tempted to cut back on investment spending or infrastructure spending for the simple reason that if we do not build another road, nobody will notice. But if we cut welfare spending or the, or the spending on health or education, people will notice. Now, we need to prevent that. The reason we need to prevent that is because if we do not spend on infrastructure today, we do not have growth tomorrow. So we believe that the government should alter its fiscal remit and target a current budget balance, day-to-day -day spending, over a period of time, rather than focusing on the total budget deficit that also includes investment and infrastructure. Now, it so happens that the Labour and the Liberal Democrats are doing just that. Their election manifestos focus on the current budget balance rather than the total balance. Many thanks, Hamid. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. For other podcasts, blogs and specialist briefings on important economic issues facing the country ahead of a general election, please visit our dedicated page www.nisa.ac.uk forward slash election 2017. This was made possible through funding from the Nuffield Foundation to ensure public debate in the run-up to the vote is informed by independent and rigorous evidence. Goodbye.